ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. It's sport time. Warwick, good morning. Good morning to you. Uh, now, Warwick, uh, in the AFL, Port Adelaide's Sam Powell-Pepper is set for a long suspension even before <laughs> the season proper starts. What has happened? Well, Sally, his bump on Adelaide's Mark Keane in a practice game has, in those ominous words, which are code for long suspension coming, it's been sent straight to the tribunal in the first quarter of this match simulation. Powell Pepper was was more stimulated than simulated, his shoulder colliding with Keane's noggin as he was being tackled by Willie Rioli. That was the end of the game for Keane, who was left concussed, something which, as both the medical experts and the lawyers uh, line up against it, is the great no-no in the AFL, in a lot of sports really these days. Uh, The word about the look having filtered down uh, to the match review officer, particularly after the Angus Brayshaw incident last year and his Mm. uh, subsequent retirement this year, uh, he graded the collision as rough conduct that was careless, high contact and uh, severe contact. And then came the predictions of how long for Powell Pepper. Most uh, settling on three matches, all to be served in the AFL season proper, which uh, starts on March the 7th, if you haven't already written that into your calendar, Sally. It's already there, Warwick. Don't worry, (laughs) fear not. Uh, In football, there's a call for Michelle Heyman to start for the Matildas uh, tomorrow night after her fantastic effort against Uzbekistan with that goal. Yeah, look, Sally, those calls include from the ever-voluble Melissa Barbieri, former Matilda, now turned ABC commentator. Now, targets of her criticism over time range from Prime Minister national co- to national coaches, and this time it's the latter, Tony Gustafsson's decision to start last weekend's game against Uzbekistan with Caitlin Torpy, a defender, uh, really, and she was uh, in that number nine position. As everyone knows, Heyman came on in the 62nd minute, immediately almost created a goal, uh, then scored Australia's much-needed first a few moments later. That's Mark Mary Fowler and Caitlin Ford and Australia won the game 3-0. Now Gustafsson, despite coming from that same bit of the world as Hans Christian Anderson, just doesn't seem as wedded to the idea of a Heyman <laughs> uh, fairy tale as uh, others are. He didn't have the Canberra United striker return from a premature retirement and scoring goals at will in the Women's A-League in his uh, Paris Olympic plans until the injury to Sam Kerr. If perforce uh, he picks her now, she'll be 36 by the time those Paris games But uh, Gustafsson himself agrees that age has nothing to do with it. So there's uh, going to be an interesting moment tomorrow night as the teams are declared at the Docklands. Uh, I guess everyone's going to be asking, will this fairy tale continue? She'll have a lot of support uh, in Melbourne and elsewhere, that's for sure, Michelle Heyman. Uh, And just finally, uh, Warwick, in tennis, another landmark for Novak Djokovic. This number's extraordinary. 414 weeks as the (laughs) top-ranked male player. It's a fair effort. It is, but, but Sally, despite a charm offensive as he's got older, there are still lots of people in tennis who just don't warm to this uh, Serbian champion as readily as they did or do, Roger Federer, even Rafael Nadal. And uh, boy, the stats, which you just read out, and a few others, uh, they take no notice of emotion. They demand that Djokovic be rem- Guarded as the GOAT, the greatest. Uh, and uh, look, when you go to these computer rankings, 414 weeks on top now mean, this This is interesting, he has been on top 104 weeks. That's a whole two years more than Roger Federer. And of course, there's a few grand slams that go on top of those stats as well. Uh, the same stats, they also have Alex Dimonar still at number nine, despite his first round loss in Mexico last week and his last ATP tournament. Needless to say, he'll be trying to go better than that in his uh, first round match at the Mexican Open today. He's the number three seed. His opponent, the Japanese veteran Taro Daniel, ranked at number 63 by the computer. And if we're going 
name by the computer, which we seem to be in a case of a bloke by the name of Djokovic, uh, Alex Dimonash would win this one, Sally. He's certainly hungry for a victory. In rugby league, in contrast to the all-electric start to the season <laughs> in Las Vegas, there's also a reminder this weekend in Dubbo of a decidedly different time and place in the sport. It certainly was different, uh, Sally, as the NRL joins Van Gogh and U2 and going all immersive in this new stadium in Las Vegas. Uh, a bunch of old codgers still surviving from the bone-chillingly cold Wednesday nights at Leichhardt Oval 50 years ago will assemble at the Dubbo RSL in the central west of New South Wales to remember the night in 1974 when the Bushies, they all came to town and won the final of the made-for-television Amco Cup. It was and is a fabulous story, one that I'm sure Banjo Patterson might have written about if he'd lived to see it. Rather, it was left to RN Brecky listenerine heads, a sports historian, to record it in his magnum opus, The Night the Music Died. Western Vision took on a Penrith side in the final that included Tim Sheens and Mike Stevenson, both internationals, and they won the game and 6-2. And <laughs> the team included a timber cutter, a slaughterman, a bricky, a miner a whole bunch of farmers, and a bloke who came to epitomise them, TV Ted Ellery, whose bald head, well, from memory, and I was there a few of those cold nights, it seemed to pop up everywhere, including over the try line. So lots of tall tales and the odd true one in Dubbo this weekend, and probably there will be just as many to emerge from Las Vegas, and uh, that's something at which we'll take a closer look later in the week, Sally. I'm sure there will be many tall tales told uh, in Dubbo, uh, and Warwick, uh, <laughs> in softball, there's no Olympics, but the spirit will be willing against Taipei this <laughs> This weekend. Sally, much to the disappointment of the Australians and I'm sure a few other countries, softball isn't part of the Paris Games. However, there is a World Cup this year and part of the preparation for that uh, for the Australian spirit is a six-game series against Chinese Taipei this weekend in Sydney. The squad was announced yesterday and I couldn't go past a mention of the veteran infielder, the deliciously named Claire Warwick, still going at 36. And there's a bit of speculation about Gabby Plain. Is she a catcher or a pitcher these days? I guess all to be revealed at Rudy Hill this weekend, Sally. That's a good problem to have. Uh, and finally, in cricket, Meg Lanning might not be for, available for Australia these days, but she is cashing in uh, in India. Cashing in, Sally, in both the Steve War sense and also the dollar sense, or the dollar and cents sense, you might say. She's got a half century for the Delhi Capitals, who are paying her $200,000 for a few weeks' work in the WPL this morning, her side winning by nine wickets. And uh, in New Zealand, the Australian men, they're preparing for two sold-out tests against the locals, the first in Wellington, the second in Christchurch. Now, the reason they're sold out might be because uh, the New Zealanders believe for the first time in 30 years they might be able to beat the Australians. And uh, we do note, though, they had similar hopes in the recently completed T20 competition, and we all know what happened there. But Emily Dickerson's Things With word, Wings lives on all in the land of the flightless birds across the ditch, Sally. Tell them they're dreaming, Warwick. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that. Good on you. <laughs> Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.